Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Danny, good morning. Thanks for joining us here. And we'll, we'll let you into the conversation we're having here real quick. Uh, we're asking Brett about it because uh, God knows I'm not qualified and Amber's not qualified. Uh, so we're talking about, eh, you're not qualified. So <laughs> we're talking about the uh, the final play there last night. Is that a pick play? Should Alabama be upset? What were your thoughts? Heck yeah, it's a pick play. <laughs> I mean, everybody runs it, though. Yeah. It's one of those things where you'll have some teams that'll actually call it a rub. Like, that's a, they don't want, they want to use a code name. But if you heard Sean Watson after the game, <clears throat> in his press conference, he said, we ran the pick play. Like, it, it's, a, it's a design pick. And a lot of it has to do with the receiver that's setting the pick. He has to be a good actor. Like, he has to act like he's running a slant route. And you saw him. He kind of, like, fell down. It was a pretty good acting job. But he picked the he picked the defensive back, but it's a play that pretty much every single team has in their repertoire. They'll have it in the playbook. The Patriots are one of the best teams in the NFL at doing it. They do it all the time. That's why you see Tom Brady make so many of those uh, throws in the flat. Um, he makes a ton of touchdown throws like that. So it's one of those ones where you know you you go for it, you see if it works, and a lot of it has to do with you want to see if the refs have the you know, the gumption to go ahead and throw that flag in that situation. And most times they're not going to, unless you go up to them before the play happens and say, Hey, watch the pick, watch the pick or watch the rub. So yeah, it was absolutely a pick play, but it's something that everybody across the country has in their playbook. Now, see, that's interesting to me. So when that play is called, okay, when Clemson makes that play call, they're just like, they're almost daring the officials to call it in that spot. Yeah, I think so. And, and look, it doesn't always work either. Like a lot of times the defender will work his way through the pick and, you know, it doesn't look like it. But it's, there's there's a lot of plays that happen in football. When you see man coverage, which is what they're doing, you'll see teams run crossing routes across the field. And sometimes you'll have defenders run into each other. You don't even have to pick them. They pick each other. So, I mean, that's part of the that was part of the fun uh, part of last night's game was watching the chess match that was playing back and forth between Deshaun Watson and the Clemson offense and that Alabama defense, which we've talked about so much all season long. So it's just one of those things where you design it that way and it was drawn up, it was designed perfectly, and then the execution was even better because they got the pick and Deshaun Watson knew it. Like as soon as it came out of his his hand, he did one of those Steph Curry after he shoots a three, like he was running, started to celebrate. And because uh, he just knew it was going to be there, and it was, you know, it was an easy touchdown because it was such a good play call. Fair or unfair to talk about Lane Kiffin not being the coordinator this week instead of talking about how great Clemson was? I feel like that com- that conversation was so overblown all week. I just didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, it's an adjustment that you have to make. But if you looked at the Alabama offense all season long, they weren't exactly very complex, and it was for a reason because they had a true freshman playing quarterback and because they had one of these historically great defenses, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. And we saw the same thing play out last night. They're running the football. There were so many situations when it was third and seven, third and 10, and they'll just do a handoff and you never see that. But if you have a a guy that hasn't been asked to do that all season long, then why ask him to do it on the biggest stage? And I thought Jalen Hurts did exactly what his team asked him to do. 
especially on the, the score in the fourth quarter when they went up and, you know, took the lead over again. He made a ton of big-time throws. There was a third and 16. He scrambled around. There was the double pass um, where they opened it up a little bit, and then he had the scramble run for the touchdown. So if people are going to criticize Alabama, then I think they need to go back and look at the tape all season long because that offense didn't look any different than it did throughout the 13 regular season games that they played. Yeah, Alabama relies heavily on its defense, and Clemson was able to wear it down eventually in this game. This question pains me to ask you this, but I think it's fair to ask. Was the SEC overrated this season, and do you think that lack of competition hurt Alabama in preparing for this game? Amber, I wouldn't say the SEC is overrated because people were already saying that the SEC was having a down year, and it was Alabama and it was everybody else, and Alabama um, really benefited from that. I think that was – that was the one thing I would I would say throughout the year is, hey, this 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 defense is incredible, and statistically they're not allowing any touchdowns. But if you looked at the quarterbacks specifically that they faced, they didn't face like this gauntlet of quarterbacks. I mean, when Austin um, Appleby is playing for for Florida, and they got I mean just a slew of guys that they faced. Auburn had a, a rough year quarterback with Sean White, and they were playing backups versus Alabama. It just wasn't an impressive list of quarterbacks. And if you really study them, if you look back early in the season when they did face a guy like a Chad, uh, Chad Kelly for Ole Miss, Chad Kelly threw for 400 yards on them, and he had three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Austin Allen from Arkansas, who's a pretty good quarterback, he threw for 400 yards against them. So they were they were beatable. But you just if you suggested that to SEC fans, they're like, no, 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 you don't know this SEC defense. This is nasty. But when you when you have a good defense, one of the things that can neutralize them is when you have a quarterback who can extend plays because it makes it it's, it's tough to ask any defense, you know, even in the NFL, to ask guys to cover for that long. And it's just, you know, when Deshaun Watson's out there running around making plays, there's really no defense for that. How many guys last night changed the letter of intent once they realized that Clemson was the one winning the national championship? And what does this do to that future recruiting bed that both Alabama and Clemson tend to pull from? See, that's the thing. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's probably one of the most underrated recruiters in the country. I mean, he, he's been restocking, and this team is there every single year. They're always in the top five, top ten of recruiting classes. And I don't know if it's going to be this game that puts them over the hump, but I was at Clemson last week. We were on campus doing some interviews, and they've built this player lounge country club like it's insane. It's something like 30,000 square feet. They have an indoor bowling alley. They have an outdoor basketball court that's covered, that's heated. It's, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable, the facility that they're building. And then you, I think of a thing that helps them a ton is Dabo Sweeney, the coach that I think players would love to play for. And that was something we talked about leading up to the game a ton was the difference in Nick Saban's coaching personality and Dabo Sweeney's personality. And that was one of my favorite moments was seeing Dabo on the set, you know, after the game, answering questions. The emotion was pouring out. He just – you see a guy who's very emotional, and he's a lot of fun to play for. He's, you know, he's dancing in the locker room, and he's just he's having fun out there, and yet he does know how to get his work done. So I think Clemson's not, it's not like they had any issues recruiting before, and it's only going to get stronger now that they've got this national title under their belt. Yeah, we know how good Bama is, of course, at recruiting, and they have the best so far 2017 class as well. So they're not going anywhere, even though I, I would I would like to think that they are. But I'm glad you mentioned how good Dabo is at record, recruiting, because I remember back in 06 when C.J. Spiller declared 
he said that he was going to Clemson and I was at it was he was at Union County High School. I was there for that press conference. We were all so certain he was going to Florida and he put on that Clemson Tigers hat. And the reason he said was because of Dabo Sweeney, who was a coordinator at the time. Or I don't even think he I think he was a, a I don't even think he was their OC yet. And so he had that relationship with guys back then. And it seems like players really, really enjoy playing for Dabo. Yeah, he reminds me. He reminds me of Bobby Bowden, who I played for at Florida State. Just kind of that southern, <clears throat> that southern folksy personality. He's got the southern slang, and I think a lot of players relate to him as well because he was a walk-on receiver at Bama. Like he played, he had a tough road, and then you see a guy like Hunter Renfro, who I thought was the unsung hero of the game last night, who was a similar type of player. He was a walk-on at Clemson, and then he had ten catches in the national championship game, um, you know, for 92 yards and two touchdowns in the winning score. So I think players really respect that. He's got an infectious personality. I love him as a media guy because he's a great interview. Like you go into Saban and sometimes it can be like pulling teeth and it's yeah. painful. It's mm-hmm. like, oh man. And then you get Dabo and you're like, this is easy. You just throw out a question and he just goes, it's like wind him up. So I think that's just, it's one of those things where that's what recruiting is building relationships. And he and, and Saban does too, but they do it differently. But he talks about building a family type atmosphere and I don't even know if the players love it as much as the players' parents, the moms and dads who are getting recruited as well. They look at that type of environment. They're like, hey, I want to send my son to a school like that with a coach like that who's going to love my, love my son and, and look after him and build him into a young man. Because that's the other thing. Much as we talk about um, you know, X's nose on the field and getting guys in the NFL, both those coaches build up men of character. And I, I love that. I think that's one of the things we don't talk about enough in college football. Great job, Danny. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time. We know uh, busy night last night, busy this morning. We appreciate you. You got it, Zaz. Hey, remind Romberg there about the uh, the Florida State. Don't remind me nothing about FSU. We got a nice little streak going, and I know Amber knows the streak that we have against Florida too. Well, listen, Danny. Danny, when when Miami finally beats FSU, you better be on here the next morning. Then, all right, you take your medicine. You got it. I'm a man of my word. I'll do it. It'll be about a decade from now. All right. See you, Danny. See you guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law